All right, welcome back to Technology for Business Sake. And uh, my next guest, I had him on years ago in the first uh, incarnation of the show. Uh, he has one of the leading sites, if not the leading sites, when it comes to content marketing. He is Brian Clark, the founder of Copyblogger.com. Brian, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, Brian. It's good to be back. It's been a been a few. Well, it's been a few years on the show, but we did get to hang out a bit at Dreamforce. That's cool. Yes, we did, and it's funny because you know that was the first time we actually met, and uh, we've known each other for at least three or four years because I had you on the show back in like 2007. Man, maybe it's even been four years. <laughs> Four or five years, man. Time flies. <laughs> you know, it really has. So, um, you know, since since we did last talk on the show, which was a long time ago, what has been the biggest developments over the last couple of years when it comes to content marketing? Is it is it the rise of social? Is it the rise of mobile? Is it something else? But what have been the biggest things that have really impacted content uh, content marketing uh, over the last couple of years? Yeah, that's a good question, and really the answer is all of the above, but um, there's a few things that stand out. You know, when I started in 2006 talking about this stuff, we didn't even call it content marketing. Um, I think, you know, uh, Joe Paluzzi and those guys kind of established that that was the term that should be used online, and then we adopted it, I believe, in either 2008 or 2009 early. Um, so that was a development, you know, agreeing on a term, even though, <laughs> we all we all kind of don't like it, but there's nothing else anyone <laughs> can think of to call it, right? Yeah. Um, the other and the other big development is um, in 2011. You know, content marketing kind of went from us internet guys to more of a mainstream thing, and I think that really had to do with the mainstreaming of social media because people are like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest marketing channel in the world," except that. People do not want me to pitch them <laughs> in social <laughs> channels. Wait, what am I supposed to do? And, and then it became apparent that what we knew, and that's how our business was built, that people share content in social media. And if that, you know, everyone's got a topical interest, and if that topical interest is industry or business related, it's content that they want to share. And then, of course, that gets you into a relationship with people over time where eventually they're going to start becoming interested in your products and services. And then finally, the other big thing would have to be Google. Um, the Panda update of 2011 just destroyed what people thought was SEO up to that point. Then something called Penguin came along and destroyed the other half of what people thought SEO was. And now it's come down to what we've been preaching for seven years, which is great content that gets shared naturally and you know results in organic links and and, and natural social sharing. That's what Google's looking for, what people like. So you've always got to start with the people, and that's really what content marketing is about because you're trying to build an audience, you know, whether you characterize that as your email list or in a broader sense, you're trying to build an audience that has a direct relationship with you. Google can't take that away. Twitter can't take that away. You know, it's, it's something that your company, your brand establishes as a media outlet. It's incredibly powerful. That's how our, our whole company was built, you know, out of a blog. No advertising, no investment capital, and now we're a software company with just shy of 100,000 customers. So wow. it works. It definitely does work. You know, it's funny. Uh, everybody talks about the importance of content, and it is important how content is king. But are we at a point where there's so much content that it's it's hard for anybody to take in all the content that they're 
that's pointed at them. Where does context fit in uh, when it comes to content marketing? How important is context to content? Uh, it's it's absolutely crucial, and and I think we made this point early on, and but I, I think I just took it for granted that it's content marketing, not just content. Without context, i.e., in the in the sense of your business objectives, it's not marketing. It's just stuff on a web page. That doesn't work, and I, I think people have struggled with that, and that's why you hear a lot of people talking about context more and more because we shouldn't have taken it for granted, I suppose. I mean, this is not a natural progression for people. I mean, let's face it, you know, most people aren't good at old-style marketing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now we're asking them to do it new-style marketing, and people are struggling with it. So there's an entire industry... Uh, being built around content marketing. And the great thing is we have to practice what we preach, which means we have to just offer as much valuable education as we can to people. So context, yes. Uh, I just put out an ebook this week that talks about, you know, the business objectives. If, it, if you're not taking that, into, that context into account when creating your content, you're just wasting your time. So when you were getting started back in, in that 2006 time frame, you didn't hear a whole lot uh, about social media listening or social media monitoring. Um, what role does that play today when it comes to content marketing? It's everything. Um, and again, that, that was the premise that I started out with, which is that you'll, you, you've got this greatest market research environment in the world and it's free. It's just overwhelming and we call it social media, but it's got to be... Um, it's got to be responsive to relevant stimuli, and that it comes in the form of content. So you put stuff out there. At first, it's hard to get attention. There's a lot of content out there. But to go back to something you mentioned earlier, every day on Twitter or on Facebook or on Google+, we see something break out, right? Good content always gets attention um, at the beginning. I can tell you from my personal experience, first three months of Copyblogger was the most unknown, lonely trial and error period <laughs> ever. You know, everyone does it. I was absolutely unknown. Everyone starts out at the same place with two subscribers, <laughs> you and your other email address, right? <laughs> so in the early days, people don't understand. They, they think, oh, I'll put some content out there and it'll just take off. No, you got to hustle behind the scenes. But the great thing is once you get traction, once you get an audience of your own, you put out good stuff and they will share it and it starts taking off on its own. So it's simple. It's just not easy. You got to do the work to figure out what's going to resonate, what's going to get attention and what's also, you know, contextually aligned with what I'm ultimately trying to achieve my business model, my products, whatever that is. Now everybody's trying to get that attention and, and oh yeah, and you see people doing really dumb stuff for attention. And I'm like, <laughs> where's the context? You know, the Britney Spears post, has nothing to do with the software you're selling, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I want to have a lot of people look at me. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. No, and that's, I think that's a mindset that comes from the mass media advertising mentality where you have these goofy commercials. They're funny sometimes. Sometimes they're stupid. But if they don't sell the product, what was the point? And we'll talk about branding this and branding that, but, you know, come on now. Branding is important, but it's, it's basically the promise your company and your product or service are making to the consumer. If that's just, if the promise you're making is humorous commercials, that's all they're going to give back to you is 
it, you know, a brief attention and some laughter. That's it. Yeah. That's not money. <laughs> That's not money in the bank. <laughs> you need to have a little something be beneath the brand, brand or behind the brand. Like, actually, the brand is, uh, I think, the best brands are the ones who are the folks who pay attention to customer needs and create better experiences and let the customers say how great those experiences are. That's how you build a brand. And not just saying, hey, I'm great, <laughs> but yeah, having no. customers say that. I think you just nailed that. And that's even more true. That's the real power of so-called social media marketing. It's not what you're saying about you. It's what they're saying about you. And that's what we did was create great content first, then create great products. You've got, you've got, you know, and it's relevant and people are paying attention to you. And then you give them something you know they need because you've been listening to them specifically, (laughs) not just an abstract market, but a specific audience, you know, you got to start thinking about serving an audience instead of a market because you have a relationship with them. They'll tell you what you, you know, you, they need. If, usually though, you want to look at what their, what their problems and desires are not, Hey, what do you want to buy from us? They, they don't know what they want to buy. Like Steve Jobs says, it's not their job to know what they want to buy. <laughs> it's your job to know that, but you've got to listen, you know? So in other words, content marketing is a great opportunity to show the target audience that you're going for, how much you've listened to them. Yeah, you're giving them value up front, which people love. People are looking for information regardless. If you're not putting it out, your competitor is. Um, so you're establishing that relationship. But then, yeah, then you start listening to, to where the gaps are in the marketplace. And then you're also able to establish, you know, the actual traditional consumer or B2B relationship with them, which is the next step. It's just that the content comes first. You're basically educating them enough to do business with you. But the, your point is they're educating you as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies aren't good at listening, but the good companies are getting really good at it. So we know that content marketing, yeah, it, it has its roots. And, of course, the marketing part, the branding, the you know, online promotion when it comes to online content. But how important is content marketing once you've already got the customer, so you've 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 used content marketing to create the interest, and maybe that helps you to get a customer. But what happens after you've got that customer? How do you use content to stay connected to a customer to, to make the customer engagement as long as possible? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most valuable and and perhaps underserved markets. Um, I think if you do general content marketing that uh, educates people in the arena of knowledge, they need to to know to succeed with your products or services, then you're always, you, you just have to realize that your customers and clients are part of the audience. That doesn't end just because they gave you some money. You know, the most valuable customer or client is the one who pays you again, maybe again and again and again. <laughs> Monthly is my favorite. But, <laughs> but yeah, so but there's so many instances where people need education, they need motivation, they need instruction, you know, we have the freemium software movement where uh, the marketing plan is basically, hey, it's free, try it out. Um, and then they do nothing. Um, but the smartest uh, companies that I've seen that actually will give you a 30-day demo or it's a freemium model or whatever, they're constantly get sending you valuable information to help you get the most out of the product because it's not about that first conversion. If they don't use your product, you're not going to get paid, you know, so... I just think, you know, the the consumers, they're in control. The Internet has made an in, 
we've gone from information scarcity to information abundance. Uh, now we're working on, I think, everyone's kind of in on, okay, i got to do content. Now we're talking about context, and we're talking about quality. Mm. Because as I said, every day, a quality piece of content, actually thousands, you know, but I'm just talking about in the space we, we pay attention to, it always rises to the top, you know. And for us, it's been this way for six, seven years where we were competing with other marketers, not on manipulation or underhanded tricks or anything. We were competing with each other more value (laughs) Mm. with our content. And that's a a shift that's good for everyone, I think. I mean, some people obviously don't like having to do work at all. They just (laughs) think that, you know, but I'm sorry, that's not going to work out for you. (laughs) Well, the the last thing I'd like to ask is uh, when it comes to the rise of the mobile devices, the, the smartphones, the tablets, and the interfaces that uh, they put together that allow for richer visual visualized experiences. How is that impacting it? And how do you think it's going to impact in the future um, content marketing? Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting, you know, it, it wasn't long ago where everyone's saying, got to have an app, got to have an app, got to have an app. And then it all became about getting people to download your app. And, and I, you know, I think if you're a religious New York times reader, then you're going to have the New York Times app. But think about how social media works, specifically social media sharing. You know, people aren't going to download an app to, uh, to read your site. And if your site doesn't look good on a place and it's, you know, on the web HTML version, then you're not going to get anything out of that. So that's what you're seeing the rise of mobile responsive design, um, which sounds complicated, but all it means is that when I come to your site on my laptop, it looks like I, you would expect it to. When I go on my iPad, it's different, but it's optimized perfectly. It detects that it's an iPad, it's a tablet. Same thing for a phone. Um, that is, is where it's at. The open web is going to win this because the way people share, linking still rules, an app will work you know, for certain relationships with content. But if you can get the same experience out of a mobile responsive site, why not? You know, does the app does the app actually add value that you can't give with your mobile responsive website? So that that's where the trend has been this year, and that's going to continue. Had a great conversation with Brian Clark from Copy Blogger. Hey, Brian, where can people? Well, they know to go to Copy Blogger by time. Uh, blog, blah, they know how to go to uh, copyblogger.com, but do they go there to to check out this new ebook that you have? Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of good stuff on the site. Um, again, we, we practice what we preach, so there's a whole bunch of tutorials. We have an email newsletter that's a 20-part kind of introduction to this type of marketing. And um, we also have just really, like you, you mentioned, we've got a, a new content marketing ebook that if you go to the homepage, scroll down, scroll down to tutorials and click on content marketing, you'll go immediately to the download page. Um, but yeah, you know... It, the thing is, we we sell software that helps people do content marketing, that helps them build websites, helps them get conversion. You know, the more we educate you, the more likely you are to use our stuff, and that's the that's our value proposition right there. 